Welcome to Parenting in Acadiana podcast brought to you by Woman's Foundation. Our goal is to provide you with quality information from local experts to support you in your parenting journey. Good morning, parents. Welcome to our third episode of our Parenting in Acadiana podcast. We have a special guest today. He is the supervisor of the Criminal Investigative Division Juvenile Section, and he's also a 16-year veteran with the Lafayette Parish Sheriff's Office. Welcome to our show, Sergeant Casey Barfield. Glad to have you here. Thank you. Thank you for allowing me to be here. So there have been increasing cases of minors ages 18 and under kind of exchanging photos. Um, You know, kids nowadays have access to their cell phones. And there are these apps that they're sharing photos with little to no clothing. And this is becoming more popular amongst our children. And little do they know that there can be consequences for doing this. There has been increasing cases of sexting here in Lafayette. Can you give us some stats on that and maybe some stories you can share with us? Sure. Sexting and the kids sending uh inexplicit images of themselves has been an increase for the last several years. I don't have specific statistics on what's going on in the Kadiana area because, I mean, we deal with different agencies Mm -hmm. that uh, have their own cases. But I can tell you, for the Lafayette Sheriff's Office, uh, we had 516 cases sent last year to the Lafayette Sheriff's Office juvenile section. Out of those 516 cases, about 25 to 35 percent Uh, which is anywhere from 130 to 180 cases, had some type of photographic exploitation of children, though most incidents usually go unreported. Can you explain, maybe go into more detail, exactly what is sexting? Is it sending photos? Is it sending messages? Well, I can actually, I can quote you the law as far as what there is a law for sexting under Louisiana Revised Statute 1481 Point one, point one, And it says, um, no person under the age of 17 shall knowingly possess or transmit any indecent visual depiction of another who is under the age of 17, which includes any video, photographic image, or something of that nature. And it actually, it is a criminal offense. And the first offense can be fined up to $100, not more than 250 And they can be in prison for up to 10 days or both for that crime. And to my understanding, it is also a crime when your child receives this photo, right? Depending on how they receive it, yes. I mean, if it was received knowingly that they were going to receive it, yes, Mm -hmm. it can be for them to keep it. If they receive it unknowingly and they hold on to it, then yes, it would be a crime. It's a case-by-case basis. Most of the time, it is done without criminal actions taking Mm -hmm. place. Usually it's a counsel and educate for the child because it is happening so often, but there's different steps we have to take to try to minimize the exposure. So you mentioned the Louisiana sexting law. Can you explain that in kind of everyday language? It's it's simply kids nowadays, they don't have the same social skills that the, the older generation grew up too. So they mm-hmm. most everything's done behind a keyboard or through a through texting with each other. And sometimes they will ask and exchange in a boyfriend girlfriend uh, relationship or or whatever some whatever relationship that they may be into. And they'll ask for pictures of each other. And a lot of times those pictures will be some type of nude photograph, mm-hmm. and they'll exchange them in that aspect of it. It's getting out of control because 
you know, relationships, kids' relationships don't last. And one gets mad at the other one, and then they'll send it out to somebody else. And it ends up spreading in that way. So that's where we've had to come out with a penalty to try to minimize some of this exposure to them and Mm -hmm. let them know there is consequences for this. What are the first steps parents should take when they suspect that their child is sending these types of photos? Parents should always talk with their children about the consequences and things going on. But if they suspect their kid is doing some of this type of behavior, they need to monitor their electronic device. They need to to look at what's going on, know what apps their kids are using. But if they find something of that nature, there are essentially two immediate steps that they could take. They, They take the electronic device, put it in airplane mode. And what that does, it keeps it from further sending an electronic signal, a Mm -hmm. wireless signal to the device, and then they need to take and notify the local law enforcement. A lot of people get afraid Mm because they don't want, it's embarrassing Mm -hmm. for the parents of the child and they don't want anybody to know. But the the purpose of notifying law enforcement is not for criminal action as much as it is to minimize exposure of these images being put out on the internet because once it's on the internet, it doesn't come off. Mm -hmm. What about parents to the child that's receiving these photos? What if their child receives this photo, the parents find out, what can they do? Do they contact the other child's parent or do they contact law enforcement? No, again, they need to put it in airplane mode and they need to contact law enforcement so we can, again, minimize it. Mm-hmm. Because the the electronic device, depending on the device that's there, there's certain steps they need to take to actually remove it. Mm-hmm. Your phone, your tablet is essentially a computer. Mm-hmm. And sometimes just deleting it like we would normally delete something doesn't take it off of that phone. And you have to go through extra steps to make sure it's completely wiped because if you sell the phone, sell it back, mm-hmm. somebody brings that software back they can actually restore that image that was on there so it's essentially child pornography and we need to make sure it's off of that phone if they if they get something so you mentioned you are responsible for limiting the exposure of these photos can you kind of explain that well in limiting the exposure it can be very difficult in most cases there's going to be say a child shares an image with a boyfriend girlfriend whoever it may be get mad the child, one may show it to a friend or send it to a friend. Mm -hmm. And best case scenario, it only goes throughout the school. Worst case scenario is if a child puts it onto the internet, like Instagram or some type of site there, and then it's on the internet. And we have to take in, and again, we try to find the kids who who have the images and get the images off the phones. We also try um, any websites that it may have gone on. We have to take and notify the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. They are the ones who handle the um, internet service providers or anything like that. They Mm -hmm. have to report to them. And they recognize it as known child pornography and market. So it, they, they assign to it what's called a, a SHA value, which is like a fingerprint for the photograph. And they essentially recognize if it comes up on any site or anything like that, it's immediately flagged to be able to take it down mm-hmm. or things like that. So what other importance is there to get the law enforcement involved in these sexting cases? A lot of times there may be some other motives behind why the child is uh, or has sent these types of images um, and the child may be reluctant to disclose to the parents because Mm -hmm. it is embarrassing. It is something that they they can try to handle on their own. There's a big problem out there now that um, we're starting to see as a trend uh, nationwide 
with social media and different and different things, they will it's called sextortion. Different people will contact the children through these social media apps and ask for nude images. They'll do certain things like um, Photoshop adult nude images with the child's face on it and threaten to send it to all their friends and different things on to school if they don't if the child doesn't send them a nude image of themselves. And sometimes not knowing any better, the child can't will take and send these images to try to get them to stop. But it never stops there. So it, sometimes we have to take and look at um, that to make their, make sure they're not being extorted. We have had some issues with that. And in fact, we had one not uh, just recently where um, a, a child at a school did, you know, had a, had a girl who sent something because they were in a relationship. They had actually broken up, but he wanted more images. And he told her if she didn't send more, he was going to expose her mm-hmm. on a website. And so that's, and she did reluctantly and she was embarrassed and she didn't want to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason she had broken up with him is because she didn't want to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes we need to look into it a little bit further with kids and why they're doing this mm-hmm. to, to get to the bottom of it. What precautions can be taken to prevent this type of activity? The biggest thing is parents need to talk to their kids. They really need to talk to their kids about the dangers of them. Parents have to educate themselves about uh, the dangers that are out there. They need to educate themselves about the apps that their kids are using. I can't even tell you every app that a child is using because it's constantly changing. There are thousands of new apps every day. And once the adults get on them, the kids aren't on them anymore. Like Facebook is not for kids anymore. Kids aren't on Facebook. They're only on Facebook for their parents. They are, they're moved towards Instagram, Snapchat, or different things like that. And they're actually getting off of that and going to different sites. But they need to educate themselves. They need to monitor their child's electronic device. We suggest certain things like having a contract between the parent and the child. Um, we actually have a cell phone contract we have on our website, the LafayetteSheriff.com website, that um, shows a contract on what parents and the teen should expect if they have a device, like don't post anything that you're not willing for anybody to see. I will check your phone at any point in time. And it's a normal thing parents know, but if they have this contract per se between the parent and child, it relieves some of the anxiety and they know what to expect. But being involved is the biggest thing, knowing what your child is doing and talking with them about it. And it's not an easy conversation to have either, I would imagine, as a parent. Um, so as a child, sometimes you don't want to go to your parent and say, hey, this is what's going on. I did this. I sent a photo to my boyfriend and now he's threatening to share it with others. So what do you suggest for kids? Are they able to go to their counselor for this? Uh, can they report this to their teacher who maybe they might be a little bit more comfortable talking to? Absolutely. They can. They, they, the teachers are mandated reporters and so are their counselors. You know, I suggest a school counselor or, you know, even if they have a personal counselor, somebody like that, an adult they trust, uh, they need to talk to about this. Um, most kids that come to us, usually they've tried to handle it themselves and things have spread and it's gone further. It's better that we catch it sooner than later. So, um, you know, talk to somebody about it. Is they need to talk to someone. Have you guys seen more cases in girls versus boys, or is it equally the same? 
It's absolutely more with girls than there are males, but typically I find the males go even more underreported than the females do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's kind of stereotypical always that it was the girls that, you know, do this type of image, but it's not just, you know, as, you know, social networks change and things like that change, it's males just as much as it is boys, but I find the males go much more underreported. Mm-hmm. The big thing I find with parents is parents keep thinking, oh, my child's too young. This isn't going to happen. I've had cases of seven-year-olds, eight-year-olds, nine-year-olds taking and sending nude images of themselves, and it's actually been cases to where nobody's extorted them, nobody's taken and done anything, but they either have, uh, they've seen it through television, their older siblings have done something, or them just being silly in Mm -hmm. some some ways. Um, The seven-year-old I had was just essentially videoing himself half nude or pretty nude just dancing mm-hmm. you know after it came out totally innocent mm-hmm. but when he's posting it online and people see it it becomes something else right. um so it was an, it was an issue there no matter as soon as a, an electronic device gets in a child's hands they need to be monitoring it disney apps that are social gaming apps, things like that. Mm-hmm. There are predators out there that will reach out to the five-year-old, the mm-hmm. the, the six-year-old, mm-hmm. and just try to talk to them and things like that. You know, as far as the sexting and everything goes, it, it starts early. It starts as early as you put an electronic device in a child's hands. They need to be educated and know what apps that they're using and the capabilities that are there. Mm-hmm. And it's like they think sending a photo on Snapchat, oh, it's going to disappear. It's only... No one can save this photo. So what's the misconception with that? There's a big misconception with Snapchat. Mm-hmm. Um, they think because they has a 30-second timer on it, it disappears. And they're notified that if somebody takes a screenshot of it, but if they take a screenshot of it, they still have no control over what happens to that screenshot. And the photos don't exactly disappear completely. Even if mm-hmm. it shows disappeared on the screen, it doesn't mean it's disappeared off the phone or if it's off of something else. It's still on that device. So nothing ever really disappears. Now, are there any particular apps or resources um, that parents can use to maybe monitor their child's device? Absolutely. There are hundreds of them out there. Some of the most common ones that we uh, use is uh, it's called Our Pact, uh, A-U-R-P-A-C-T, or um, uh, Mobisip, M-O-B-I-C-I-P, uh, and are teen safe. Uh, it's just a few of them. There, there are a bunch of them out there. Um, some of them, it, a lot of it has to do with the capabilities of your phone. Some of them do more for Android. Some of them do more for um, iOS, Apple type mm-hmm. devices. Uh, you have to really look at and decide. Some of them cost, and a lot of times parents are turned off because mm-hmm. they don't want to pay a you know five dollar a month for this type of device. But it could be a lifesaver mm-hmm. in being able to monitor what your child's doing. So I, you know, I recommend taking and doing that. Um, I have a 13 year old son who doesn't have a a phone yet, but uh, his iPad is what I call under government control because mm-hmm. uh, I, I want to make sure that he's just being safe, and he is. But mm-hmm. you know, it's his expectation knows, and that's what I recommend for parents. Now, another thing I kind of want to touch on: there are apps out there that. Um, kids are using that may look like, I think there's apps, I don't I don't remember the name of it, but it looks like a calculator, the calculator app on an iPhone. What can parents do or what can they look for? It's, it's, it's hard, but because there are so many of them out there, yeah, there's the calculator app. It's kind of common. There's one that looks like a 
music player can mm -hmm. actually play music, but if you take and do certain things, it'll show up as, as a file hiding app. My suggestion is, again, know what your child's doing with the phone. They sometimes know technology better than we do. Mm -hmm. I do this for a living, and I still have to keep up with what the kids are doing because they do it faster than we do. Mm -hmm. And things like jailbreaking the phone, I don't recommend jailbreaking of like an Apple device because that lets in software that's not regulated. Apple does try to take and regulate some of this unauthorized type stuff. Mm -hmm. And so that's one. Why do you need two calculators? Is your kid really using the second calculator on the phone? Mm -hmm. You know, that's that kind of thing. Use use common sense on looking at some of these things like that. If like most phones come with a calculator, they don't need a second one. Right. But uh, recognize the apps. The, the names don't really change that much. Like mm -hmm. even if it's Calculator Plus, look it up. It'll tell you what it is. Mm -hmm. So you have to monitor and know what's what's out there. Watching your children on social media. A sixth grader doesn't know 1,500 people. Mm -hmm. They're not going to have 1,500 friends in sixth grade. They don't know that many people. Make sure that they know who they're talking to, know who they're friending. Don't just friend them because they've got a friend request, uh, things like that. Make sure they have that. Um, educate yourself about having the pictures that your child's posting online. Does it show their school? Does their phone have their GPS location turned on? Because I've gotten phones from kids taking pictures on posting them on their Instagram and can get get the phone back and tell them what bedroom they took the picture in because the GPS and things go so detailed to show where they are. Mm -hmm. Most social networking sites take and strip that data from the photo, but it's still there in some ways. If they post it with their school name on their on their shirt, it can tell them where they live. So mm -hmm. there's some things even just being safe online like that parents need to talk to their children about. Are there any other devices besides a cell phone that these incidences can occur on? Uh, that's actually a great question. Uh, yes, absolutely. Anything that connects to the internet. Kids these days, especially video gaming devices, mm -hmm. PlayStation, Xbox, things like that. Xbox and PlayStation both have cameras on them and they have their own social networks through these games that they play. Mm -hmm. We've had several incidents with Minecraft, things like this. These kids, they have these groups and hangouts that they take and deal with. So there, it, it can occur through all of these different things, the tablets, your computer, any of the, anything that connects to the internet that can be on a, any type of app or game that has some type of social networking to it is a danger that they have to be aware of. So what is the one thing that you would like parents to know when it comes to their children using mobile devices and social media? Talk with your kids and know what they're using. Have to be involved in the your child's life. And even though you think and you have told them what to do, they can still be caught in situations they not know how to handle. You still have to be actively involved and, and talk with your children about it more than one time, over and over. Thank you, Sergeant Barfield, for joining me today on the podcast. I really think the information you provided today will help parents become a lot more aware of what their kids are doing on their devices and to ultimately protect their children. So for parents who want to download the contract that Sergeant Barfield mentioned, it can be found on the Lafayette Sheriff's website under subscription. From there, you can click News and Recognition, and there will be a link that you can download. Again, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me.